Hello and welcome to hell. My name is Luke. I'm joined by Connor, and today we'll be discussing an exciting 2 0 win at home to uh, Kaiserslautern for St. Pauli that puts them back on top of the table after Kiel dropped points against Braunschweig. Um, it was a good match, wasn't it, Gunnar? What did you think? Yeah, hi, Luke. It was a very good match. Uh, first game back in the new year after the winter pause. Um, we're doing we're doing this podcast in person as well. First first podcast back for us as well this year. Um, did you have a nice break? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, nice Christmas and all that. Um, nice not having to watch football with an analytical eye for once. <laughs> you can just sit there and enjoy it. Not that we do in the stadium anyway. I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, I, I always try to, but then like ten minutes in, the the analytical eye goes out the window. So. <laughs> How was your Christmas? All good? Yeah, Christmas is good. Uh, New Year was it was a quiet one, but yeah, all in all, very good. Yeah, it's good to have the the football back, isn't it? Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, I'm I'm doing dry January as well. Uh, I've had two two slip ups, so it's <laughs> turned into a damp January. And one of the slip ups was the game now at the weekend. So yeah, it was grand. Yeah, it was a fairly uh, wet match, let's say. <laughs> um, yeah, great atmosphere. Obviously, having everyone back. Uh, loads of confetti. It was. It was great actually, really good atmosphere. And the game helped, it was so exciting. Like I was just watching back the highlights there and I forgot how many chances there were. Like for both teams as well. Louder not a couple of good chances from set pieces, but 2-0 is I don't know how it ended up that score. It could have been 7-3, could have been 8-2. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the same thing. It could have been 8-2 for sure. Like we had so many chances and it's a bit of the it's a bit the story that we've had throughout this season and sometimes we, we just don't use our chances but uh, I think defensively we were really good in this game and then we only needed the two goals to, to bring it home clean sheet as well very mm. good yeah what more can you ask for first game back clean sheet back to the top of the league and then we skipped that um, the curse of being top at Christmas yeah very true I think we said on the last podcast five of the 11, last seven Herbstmeisters haven't, haven't got promoted so it was probably not a bad thing uh, winter in, in, in second place there and it's like you say you, you, you're coming out of the winter break firing you, you get a clean sheet loads of chances for us back on top of the league a great debut from the new lad in midfield Chemline only 19 years old uh, in, in Jackson's place there for this game Hartle just shows how dangerous he, he is still sad obviously uh, one of our best players and yeah great first game to be back like so you mentioned Kemline there. The he's on loan from Union Berlin, only nineteen years old. Um, Fabi must really trust him to put him in in his first first match back. Like he did great as well. That that was the only change to the to the starting eleven that that we were expecting really, with Jackson Irvine and his deputy Connor Metcalf both on international duty with Australia. Um, but I thought he did brilliant. Yeah, I thought he did ever so well. I, mean, I think he played in the in the friendly, the the only friendly that we had over the winter break because one of them was cancelled. Um, he played in that as well, and just a couple minutes in, he already has a has a first chance. Mm. Um, I think I I heard in the post match that he run more than Marcel Hartl. <laughs> and we all know that that he normally tops like the the charts there in kilometers run. So I think he had an an extra half kilometer on Marcel Hartl, and that just tells you everything. It's just another dynamo in in midfield. He he got the not two assists, but he got the the pass before the assist for both goals. Uh, I I just thought like he looked really good for us. 
Yeah, I saw in the post match as well that Fabi was saying that he predicted that in the dressing room before that uh, Chemline would outrun <laughs> Hottel. So he's probably stoking a bit of rivalry there. So you'll see them both running their horses off in the next match too, I'm sure. Right, so we'll get into the match then. Um, first big opportunity fell to Chemline in the third minute. Um, very good chance, dropped him in the box and sort of on volley or half volley, just put it over the top. But we eventually opened the scoring on 33rd minute from El Yassad, who had a great match, but on another day definitely could have had a hat-trick. Uh, Hothill added to his assist tally with a sad goal. He showed great vision um, to pick out Saad, who went one-on-one with the keeper, but from a relatively tight angle, showed really good composure. Um, just slotted it into the bottom corner. Like Saad to Hothill is such a dangerous combination, isn't it? Yeah, I I, I heard it called Saddle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you said uh, Saad could have probably had a hat-trick on another day. Uh, he could have definitely had a goal and two assists, if you, if you think about it. There's, <laughs> there's one or two times where he could have squared it uh, in the middle to Eggestein or Dapo, free on the back post sometimes. Um, I think if Eli- Elias adds that to his game, then he's probably too good for us. You know, then, then you're looking at a Bundesliga player there. and Yeah, yeah, he's showing that he's probably our most dangerous attacker at the minute. Um Eggestein and Dapo didn't have bad games at all, but he's just so dangerous. Every time he gets the ball, you feel like he's going to do something. And the way he slaloms yeah. past players is just absolute joy to watch. Even for the goal that he scored, first touch is great, and then the second mm-hmm. touch takes it out of his feet a little bit, and then left foot finish is very good goal. And then a 53rd minute after the break, we got to see a really interesting phase of play where Lautern seemed to play pinball with our goal frame. So many opportunities right after each other. It all started with a, a long-range free kick from Rita, which came off the post, really well-struck free kick, actually. So the rebounded off the post, got volleyed onto the bar, and that rebound was about to get volleyed in, like, from a yard out. Looked like an easy one, and Sally Akas just comes Superman in and out of nowhere to header it off the line. Great defending, but... That really should have went in, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw Saliakis' reaction, but he himself is just like, how how would it that go in? <laughs> but yeah, very good, very good. Um, that was, like, the goal was scored just in, f- in front of the Zutkurve, and, like, this happened our end of the Gingrad as well. Um, so I had a perfect view for it, and I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that that didn't go in, to be honest. And then that would have probably changed the game, you know? It's a bit of the... <sighs> bit of the story of the last few games before the break where where we can't get the second goal and then the equalizer comes and then you kind of just running after you know and but yeah we got we got really lucky i thought that didn't go in and then it's just a few minutes later where when there's another it's like a couple of i was gonna say half chances but not true it's all like a yard out from from goal and, <laughs> yeah. and a, a few players of kaisers Lauten having a pop trying to get that ball into the net i think there's a save in there from nico mm-hmm. um yeah how how these two chances didn't go in unbelievable but obviously good for us and then changed the momentum a little bit uh i thought as well that the, that the team like some Pauli, we just realized we have to get the second goal here because mm-hmm. because if we don't then it's just a repeat of what we had before the winter break yeah, we definitely rode our luck with all those chances, like back to back. The second one was from a set piece as well, I think from a corner on the left hand side. And we 
in the stands we were just all staring at each other mouths <laughs> open like what the fuck is going on <laughs> how has that stayed out uh, I think we might have skipped over in the first half there was a another good chance for Ritter that uh, Vasil made a class oh, yeah. from that was really good we should mention that Vasil had a had a good game uh, yeah so road our luck there but as I said two set pieces that's pretty much where most of Kaiserslautern's chances came from and we did look the more likely to, to score at 1-0 um, we finally did take a chance in the 64th minute from Hottel. A really nice move, actually. Starting with Saad on the left-hand side. He cuts inside and squares it to Chemline. He gets that pre-assist that you mentioned. He feeds it to Jojo, who is making a run through the middle. He bears down on goal and takes a shot. Keeper saves it and Hottel's there to, to finish off the rebound. But it was really nice. I, I, I like the, the interplay and... Uh, Chemline moving the ball on quickly was, was nice too, and it was it was deserved, you know. A bit of luck with a coming back off the keeper mm. for Hottel, but uh, yeah, I think that goal was common, right? I mean, their keeper had he had a good game, bit of a mixed bag. I, th- I thought without their keeper, it could have probably been mm-hmm. seven or eight for us. Um, but he also had a few, I don't know, lapses in concentration where he just like puts it out to the sidelines where he like. I don't know, but I think without him, uh, could have even scored sc- scored more. Yeah, and then keeper there, it's just a bit unlucky. Paris it straight to Hartel, and it's an easy finish for him. Um, but yeah, good good for Hartel also being on a on the score sheet again. I think that's that takes him to nine goals now uh, this season. I think you've written down also he's got eight assists. Yeah, nine goals and eight assists in eighteen matches. That's oh wow, great form. Holy shit. Yeah, I think I have it here. So Eggestein is is next with six goals, and then Sad is on four. So, yeah, hard to lead in that by a mile. So that second goal came in the 64th minute, and that really forced Kaiser Slaughter to come out a little bit. Um, so their initial setup, they wouldn't really press our three centre-backs, let them have it, and then push their own back line up quite high to restrict any space in midfield, especially in like the central areas, so that we couldn't play through them. But that sort of had to give way after 2-0 because they were chasing the game. They had to push their fullbacks on, which meant there was a lot more space, especially out wide. And we just saw chance after chance that we unfortunately couldn't take. But a lot of them would come from a big diagonal over to to the wingers, we saw Saad have two really good chances. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier one that he probably should have squared for an easy tap in, uh, and another one that the keeper saved, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're just lucky we already had a second goal at that stage. As you mentioned before, the two two matches before the break against Wiesbaden and Osnabrück, very similar in that we go 1-0 up and dominate the game. And actually create quite a few chances, but just can't finish them. And then we ended up conceding late on and we dropped four points from that. You know, we would have been sitting very comfortably at the top of the table if it wasn't for, for those two, uh, draws. So really lucky to, or not lucky, but fortunate to have a two goal cushion because it, once you miss those chances, if it's one nil, then the pressure starts building. Mm. The opposition starts to get a bit more confidence. You know, it seems almost 
destined that you're going to concede an equaliser later on. Is it worrying you that we don't like take those chances? Um, yeah, of course. Eh? I mean, if you, if you look at the amount of chances we have, and then you you don't uh, you don't score the goals, is exactly what you just said. We see we seen how how that can go just before the winter winter break. Um, I would probably be more worried if if it was a lack of chances. You know, mm. if if we couldn't even get into the positions to to trouble the goalie or, and whatnot. So it is reassuring that we get all these chances. But obviously, on another day, what we spoke about these these the set pieces from Kaiserslautern, one of those goes in, and then who knows what Kaiserslautern how they react. You know, in like changing their shape. Obviously, when they're two 0 down, they're they're doing something. Um, I think Fabi also reacted very well to that uh, in half time. Uh, I think in the first half they were doubling up on on Eric more or less to mm-hmm. like close off the middle, and in the second half Eric dropped a bit deeper between the center halves again, and, and it was Chemline dropping into like that that hole just in in front of the back line. Um, so I thought it was very good from the manager, and then we just had more chances to play these long diagonals, you know, and then. Because the Kaiserslautern were closing off the midfield so much, there was always space on the wings. And I thought it was good to see that, not per se to have like a plan B, but just to have another option, you yeah. know, if the one thing doesn't work. And I think that's maybe what we were lacking a little bit. I know Eric has done that in, in the first 70 matches of the season uh, with his long diagonals. But it, sometimes we were sitting here and thinking, ah, why why didn't we get, these, get to see these passes more? Why was there not another option or something? And I think in this game, you, you could really see that we just have another plan you know I wouldn't call it a plan B it's just another option for us to to get into scoring positions it was also really impressive that uh, Chemline was able to adapt to that as well because in the first half as you mentioned uh, Eric was pushing in midfield a lot which meant that Chemline would do what Jackson Irvine would often do Mm -hmm. and almost form a fourth man in the attack normally high up on the on the right sort of in the half spaces between the winger and the striker. But then when in the second half, when Eric moved deeper, then um he had to move further back in the in the midfield chem line. And he performed just as well in there too. Kept it simple, you know, didn't overplay it too much, made some um important interceptions as well. Like he wasn't wasn't standout, he mm. wasn't Zidane in there, but he did his job really well. <laughs> and uh those like so we mentioned those diagonal balls over the top, but we saw a lot of those sort of chipped ones because uh, Kaiser Slaughter played such a high line. There mm-hmm. was space in behind, and a few times it happened in the first half. Unfortunately, the those passes were being done by uh, was it Mets normally, mm-hmm. and he his passing was a bit a bit loose. Um, I think Fabi said post match he was surprised because normally. He's uh, quite consistent in that regard. But in the second half, when Eric was deeper, that allowed him to play those passes. And he's just pure quality. Like yeah. every once in a while, he gets a sand wedge out and just plays a little <laughs> little chipped one with some curl on it in behind. And it's a dream for those on running forwards like Dapo, Saad and, and Eggestein. Saad in particular seems to relish it. Like uh, those chances pretty much came from one of those little clipped over the over the back line or a big diagonal that, that cuts them out. 
Uh, maybe maybe just on Mets, I totally agree. Maybe his passing was off a little bit. Um, but I have some stats on him here. So he's won all of his nine tackles in the game. He won five out of six headers, three clearances and two interceptions. Mm. And an absolute rock in defense. And I think he doesn't get praised enough for, for that. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, we kept a clean sheet. We were talking about those missed chances and how they could have come back to, to bite us. But if you keep a clean sheet, then, yeah. you know, it definitely helps matters. Um, and the whole back line I thought were great. Troy uh, seems to be settling in really well. Yes. That's, that's 100% his position now. Like Ritzke was doing well, but, uh, Troy. Yeah. Troy and Saliakos on, on each side were, were absolutely brilliant. And they, they seem to be making really good partnerships with their respective wingers as well, which is really nice to see. Yeah. I think it's also good to have a, have the options in uh, off the bench eh? we almost every game we see one of the fullbacks coming on uh, coming off and then Troy can switch sides if he needs to and then you've got Ritzka on the left and although I, I agree it's probably Troy's place to lose now uh, I I don't mind Ritzka coming on at all it mm-hmm. gives you a fresh player down the wing there and I, I think he has a good understanding with whoever plays on his side there sad for example as well so I don't think it's it's that much of a of a drop off whenever we make the sub. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, so um I guess this has all been nothing but positives. It's been great, but really this is a match that we should have won and our next two matches, the double pack against Düsseldorf are definitely gonna be much tougher tests. Um coming into this, Lautern had lost five in a row. They haven't kept a clean sheet all season in the league, so like we're pretty much expected to win this not to take anything away from them it was a good performance but uh it's one we should be winning yes i agree but i mean we did have to uh, we had to break uh we lost our our uh, test match that that we had and they Kaiserslautern changed the manager they made a few sign-ins although we didn't really get to see many of them uh, now in this game so I do think there's a bit more to come from them and we just we played them at the right time kind of you know if that makes sense yeah yeah true they are traditionally like a tough team to play as well um it's just that their form is rotten <laughs> And judging by how much they concede, if you keep a clean sheet, chances are you're you're going to win. Uh, but if we can be a little bit more clinical against Düsseldorf, I reckon we win both those matches. Yeah, being clinical against Düsseldorf is one of those. Eh? I think the the last two times we played them, it was nil nil. Yeah, I remember. I remember from last season when. We needed a win, they needed a win, and they didn't really come to play. I think mm-hmm. we've mentioned that a few times before when we're talking about Düsseldorf. And obviously one of these games, now the league game, we play away, and then the cup match will be at home. So I'm kind of expecting these Düsseldorf to, to come out maybe a bit different in these in these two games. Um, but I, I hope I hope we have enough about us that, that we can see them off. Do you... Do you have a preference which one of these two games you would rather win, the league <laughs> match or the or the cup game, if you had to choose one? I'd take the cup, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Like, a good cup run is great. I still think we could drop points in the league and still still go up. Like, mm-hmm. teams around us aren't consistently winning. Like, Kiel uh, losing at home to Braunschweig was a bit of a shock. I know that they both have pretty winnable games coming up. I think uh, Kiel play Foot, so Foot are in good form. 
so it might not be too easy actually but as well at home to Karlsruhe you would expect them to win that but um, there's plenty of games left to play mm. in the league so I think we can still go up uh, even if we, we drop points there but a good cup run is just hard to beat isn't it no I agree yeah well, if if I had to choose one, I'd probably also want to win the cup. Obviously, because it's at home as well. We're we're going to be there and mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, yeah, but we'll have to do it without Fabi on the sidelines. He's picked up a fourth yellow card of the season. It was a weird one. That did you see what happened? So it was like a tackle on Eric Smith, and then he got a reaction from the player, like pushed or whatever. And then Smith gets booked. Yeah, Smith got booked. And then uh, I after I didn't see it in the stadium. I don't I, I don't even remember Smith being booked in the stadium. And then I didn't see Fabi getting booked either. But I heard Fabi say in his press conference after that somehow he ended up in the coaching zone of mm-hmm. uh, Kaiserslautern. So he totally understands why he was booked for that. It's, it's a bit unfortunate now that he's, he's going to miss the uh, Dusseldorf game. But... Surely Peter Nemeth knows enough about this team as well to to be a good understudy there on the sidelines. Fabi will be in the stadium, I'm sure, watching, and then he's back for the cup game, so should be grand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have a prediction for oh. for the Dusseldorf match for the league game? Um, I have a feeling this might be a draw, like a one-all draw. Mm. A one-all draw away from home. Against a, a team that's, what are they, in the top five? Maybe top six? Yeah, they're fifth. It's not the end of the world. Um, stay, stay unbeaten, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Like you say, away from home against a, a top five team, a point is not, it's not a bad result, especially with the cup game coming up. And if you can get a win there, then I'll probably take a point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'll be a bit more optimistic. I reckon we'll... We'll win 2-1. Just sneak it. Uh, right before we go, we should thank London St. Pauli. We got some t-shirts, huh? Yes, so we met Malcolm just before Christmas there at the last game and uh, he brought over some London St. Pauli t-shirts and some Love Football Hate Racism t-shirts for us as a as a Christmas gift. So, so thanks to everyone at London St. Pauli. Uh, wanted to make sure that we mentioned that and I think Malcolm told me that a few of the guys will be over for a game in March he said there would be like 10, 12 of them so I'm looking forward to seeing all of them and also Nick from Bristol St. Pauli was over Oh yeah, for the match uh, we had a few pints with him that was good crack um, yeah and thanks to everyone who helped with our banner from the, the last match before the break um calling for a ceasefire there was we got a bit of shit in the stadium but it was mostly positive and a really nice reaction online from the the international community uh it's been a tough one for for St Pauli fans with a conscience uh recently so really appreciate that you might be wondering why we haven't talked about it more uh we were hoping to have someone come on from one of the international fan clubs that unfortunately called it a day um in particular glasgow st Pauli because they were really at the forefront of all of this um but the guy we were speaking with his his wife gave birth recently so he's got other things on his mind so congratulations to him hopefully we can talk about it eventually um we should thank them for everything they've done they've raised so much money for for their community over the years uh 
and just being, you know, a great influence for the the international Sumpali community. And it's a shame. I saw a graphic the other day, an image of all the the international fan clubs that have had to shut up shop. <laughs> Fuck, it's depressing, isn't it? There's only a couple. Yeah, of there wasn't many left on that on that graphic. I also saw there wasn't maybe all of the international fan clubs on it. Uh, I remember the the London ones. I think they 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 weren't, and a few non official fan clubs were on that graphic as well. So a few of them are still going, but yeah. Quite a few have also stopped their support, which I can understand. Yeah, yeah, completely understand it. Um, hopefully you're still supporting in some capacity and listening to the podcast. Otherwise, we're just speaking into oblivion here because I think our whole audience is international fans. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening if you are. And uh, we'll be back next week. Cheers, Connor. Cheers, Luke. Bye. Bye.